Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. In the beginning, God created man for fellowship, to walk and to commune with him in the garden. When God looked upon man, his creation, his children, he said, it is good. Because that it is not good to be alone. And man was God's remedy for this problem. The first time that God says that something is not good about his perfect creation is when he says that it is not good for man to be alone. You see, God understood loneliness. He understood Adam's need to love someone because that he was made in God's likeness and God himself had felt a need to have someone to love and had created him for this purpose, the purpose of fellowship. What a beautiful thing to realize that God actually loved us into being. He created us with this intention to love him and to be loved by him eternally. An undying being created us out of an undying love to be in an undying relationship with him. And the moment that we fell out of it, he began a plan to win us back again, to bring us back into right standing and fellowship with him. Like Gomer, the prostitute wife of the prophet Hosea, the Israelites strayed into the hands of wicked lovers and cruel masters time and time again. Yet when they cried, he always came running to save them out of Egypt and into a wilderness for their first marriage covenant, the Ten Commandments as their wedding vow. In this did God lay the conditions of their commitment down and asked in return only for their faithfulness to this wedding vow. First and foremost among them, love him and no other before him. Yet over and over Again, like Gomer, they cheated on him. And giving themselves into the arms of sin, they sold themselves by the wages of it. Again, to the Assyrian, the Babylonian, the Persian, anyone but the one who truly loved them. Lover after lover, Master after master, they were beaten, bruised, abused, battered, and used. Yet did they still return to the empty promises of their selfish and heartless taskmasters? Then comes Jesus, the one who saves us. God in the flesh, every word God had ever spoken manifested as a man perfection, love incarnate. 
now we would all see how much we are loved. Not just in word, but in deed. The first time that God had tried to marry Israel in the wilderness, they had said unto him, send us a man. And in Jesus, he had done just what they requested. He showed what true love really was. Yet still was he despised and rejected, hated, cursed, and neglected. How amazing that through this all, from creation to the cross, he never lost his heart for us. Truly proving that he has an undying love for us. Even when it was us that tried to kill it. He resurrected it. He endured all. He was patient with us from creation. He was kind, even praying for us as he died. He hoped for our love to be returned to him, and it gave him the strength to bear the weight and the shame of Mount Calvary. He thought only of you and me. He gave everything. He covered us from death paid our debt, and purchased us from the other lover who had dominion by our own agreement, defeated the grave, and restored our place in eternity so that we could forever be with him. That's why I love my Jesus. Because he first loved me before the foundations of the world were laid. He was already fighting for me, and far beyond the grave, he will still be faithful to me. He will keep his promises. He will love me unconditionally. He is a safe place for my heart to place my trust and my love in this undying relationship that he purchased for us at the price of his own blood. He contended for me, and that is enough. He need do nothing more for me. He has already proven his love and how undying it truly is for us. Now it's our turn to choose to return it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Love suffereth long. And is kind. Love envieth not. Love flaunts not itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemingly. It does not seek after its own. It is selfless. It is not easily provoked to anger. It thinketh no evil of the other. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, and endures all things. Jesus is the embodiment of love for me. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says, God is love. We cannot truly know love lest we know God. 
and we cannot hope to impose that character on another. They will never live up to it. Our first love, our whole heart has to be given unto God first and foremost, and then he will add all of the rest unto us. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things that you need in life, they will be added unto you because they will come from him because every good and perfect gift comes from above. If it doesn't come from him, it will only hurt and disappoint us. And of course, it is not in our own works or actions or abilities that we could ever hope to win his matrimony for he has already done the work. It's not what we have to offer. We do not elevate ourselves above what he has already done. He died for us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us when we were unlovable, untrustworthy. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. He chose us before the foundations of the world were laid. The plan was already made that he would pay the price to redeem us from the mistake that we made in the garden. So God, today we thank you for it. We surrender to who you are and we commit to sit and spend time with you, Jesus, and worship. We worship you alone, God. We choose to lay aside every other lover. Those things that we abide in, that we give our time in, that we hide in, those entertainments, Lord, those places of false peace and false rest and false achievements. Lord, we lay down the works that we think make us worthy. Lord, we don't have anything to offer you but to come to you and say thank you. Yes, if you ask me to do something, I will obey you because I love you and I appreciate you. I want to be a good bride unto you. But I know that I can only come to you because of the price that you paid. Oh, Jesus, thank you for being the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world to take my sin and my shame away, to make me a bride dressed in white, when in actuality, all we really were, were like Gomer, a selfish, prideful prostitute running after other lovers. But also, Lord, like the woman caught in adultery who came and fell at your feet, when you showed her mercy and forgave her sins and washed her white and told her she was cleansed, you then told her, rise, your sins be forgiven you. Now go and sin no more, O Lord. Let us have such a love for you that our eye would not be pulled away by the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life. Let us not return back to the sin that you paid such a price to redeem us from. Let us not look back to that which nailed you to the cross. Let us not look back to Egypt and what it had to offer when in actuality all it had was slavery and bondage for us. Oh yes, it came with some gifts, fancy food in Egypt, nice clothes, pleasant fragrance, slavery, death, corruption, selfishness, bondage. You took us out into something simplistic and showed us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That we don't need all these things. We don't need to numb ourselves with drugs, medications, drinks, entertainments. That we don't have to try to find a false sense of worth in career, audiences, the attention of men, flattery, fluffery, lies, vainglory, 
illusions that will all fade in the end and leave us with a very pathetic story. But we find our worth in you, because as our husbandmen, you equip us, you give us your name, your authority, and all of the resources of your kingdom. And you lead us into promise where there is a waiting for us, a sure victory. God, we pray for faith today in your undying love because it's faith in your love that will give us the strength to press on and to pursue after you, to desire, to obey, to spend time in your presence, to trust what you tell us, to get back up when we mess up, to keep pursuing your perfection, though we are so unworthy of it, when we are reminded how much you truly love us. That from creation to the cross to the book of Revelation, it's all been about you making a way to restore eternal fellowship with us. Therefore, nothing that ever comes our way that gets in the way of that fellowship ever comes from you. No busyness, no education, no career, no situation, no entertainment, no person, no relationship, anything that ever gets in the way of our fellowship with the king, we can be assured came from the enemy. So Lord, today we choose to put to death that which separates us from you eternally, our sin, our selfishness, our unbelief in your love for us. And we run to you, Jesus, and fulfill the very reason that we were created, to be in your presence, to hear your sweet whispers, to believe that you love us and desire the best for us, and to return that love to you in praise, adoration, prayer, song, thanksgiving, fellowship, and faithfulness as a bride does to her husband, so must the church be unto Christ. The author and finisher of salvation and our blessed hope unto eternal life, because of his undying love for us, he made a way to redeem us, that we may love him back forever. Jesus, you are my forever love. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.